Guten Tag and Bienvenidos. It's another edition of Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm your host, Nathan Hennenfent. Yes, it's me. And today it's all about warmth, wholesomeness, genial humor as we celebrate the top five movies of Tom Hanks. That's right, America's dad, always ready with a quick wit and steadfast moral courage. Whether leading a ladies' baseball team or a World War II battalion, Hanks is a true red-blooded American icon. And our first contestant today is Mitch Brinkman. Mitch, I know you love Tom Hanks. I know this has to be a special moment for you. I do. Uh, my favorite Tom Hanks is is kinetic, high-energy Tom Hanks from the from the 80s and early 90s. Um, that's my, that's, that's my peak Hank. So <laughs> <laughs> the high energy Hank. Yep. Uh, and, uh, facing Mitch is Brian Ernst Brian. I, Tom Hanks is just a beloved figure in your home. You can't go. I also, no, your, yeah, your I entire also family loves right Tom <laughs> <laughs> I am at pink, peak Hank. I have been at peak Hank since we suggested this. <laughs> I will continue to be at peak Hank until the end. Brian well, has well, has multiple hankies throughout his house at strategic locations <laughs> for when he hits peak Hank and he needs to hank it out. <laughs> it's there. All right. Since, <laughs> since we are all at peak Hank, <laughs> let's remind everybody of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stand-Out. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare-Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. Okay, I hope everybody used that time wisely <laughs> and that we're all still in peak Hank mode. Uh-huh. And nobody, <laughs> nobody got out of line. <coughs> oh. And as the, uh, as the host, I'm, of course, allowed to institute my own house rule. And I'm bringing back my beloved card of mystery. Ooh, I love the card oh, of yeah. mystery. Of yes! Which, on the back of which is my favorite Tom Hanks movie that neither of you mentioned. Oh, so anybody, fantastic. the first two to mention that will get two bonus points Ooh. Two, a number I chose completely arbitrarily. All right. Oh, man. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Don't forget to stick around to the end when I deliver my fast five send off where I'm going to name the top five walls of all time. Oh, love it. You won't want to miss that one, kids. Walls. Walls. Oh. My guess is uh, is um Wash uh, no Houston Rocket John Wall is not on that list. He is not on that list. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian, uh, you are going to go first today. I didn't write a joke about who goes first. <laughs> I can only apologize, but it's going to be you, Brian, because it is. So, Brian, wow. your number five favorite Hanks movie. Wow, I am so excited because I'm going to make a splash, Nathan, with my number uh-huh. five. Which is a league of their own. (laughs) So uh, Mitch and I were talking off mic about this one a little Mm -hmm. bit because of how important a league of their own is in terms of portraying one of the best on-screen drunks of all time. Jimmy Dugan 
is one of the wor- one of the best character turnarounds i will say talk about a a a uh anti-hero who becomes a hero because he's just so goddamn awful and there is one great scene where he is being hired by whoever the general manager whoever owns the team as uh, played by gary marshall uh talking about his old drunken ways and how he used to sell he got in trouble for selling the team's equipment once at the author team he managed to pay for booze <laughs> a bunch of other things and then he says one thing he's like so you've seen the error of your ways and he says well no i just can't afford it <laughs> the only reason he's not drinking is because he doesn't have a job and then he's always walking with his limp because he hurt his knee and he was like well, I-, I was escaping a fire i know i wasn't playing baseball I was escaping a fire it's like yeah that you started <laughs> he was like it's just a hotel <laughs> so <laughs> um he's got one of these his presence in this movie is just phenomenal one being a guy who's washed up has a uh, alcohol issue and is doing a job he definitely doesn't want to do because he's a total misogynist asshole mm. and he takes it because he needs the money so he can get his booze on and one of his intro scenes to the locker room is he stumbles through all these women putting on their jerseys and he just beelines for the toilet. And he stands there and gives you the best Hanks look up at the ceiling, mouth open, longest on screen pee you have heard ever. <laughs> and he just lets it go and his face is, ah. To the point where Rosie O'Donnell's character, Doris, I think her name is, even was like, She's, that's got to be a record. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the great scenes. Plus, you're seeing Tom Hanks play baseball in Wrigley Field. That's freaking awesome. As he coaches, I believe, the Rock. How much more Beaches. American can you get? Tom Hanks playing baseball at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And I actually stumbled across a YouTube interview with him recently. So Bill Simmons uh, is a huge Tom Hanks fan. Mm-hmm. Had him on and had him talking about asking Tom what some of his favorite movies of his were. And he says, my family and I talk about a league of their own nonstop because that I had my entire family with all of his kids were with him. All we did, we stayed at a, a house somewhere in like northern Indiana on a farm. And all we did every day is like we had no city noise around us. And then we would either drive to Wrigley Field to play baseball or some other place to play baseball. And all we did was stay on a farm and play baseball all summer as a family. He was like, it was one of the best movie-making experiences of his life. Wow. So how about that to start Damn, off? Damn, that is Tom Hanks list. Truly the American dream. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm curious, <laughs> did, have you heard about like who his character is based on at all in terms of like real baseball managers? I don't know if he's based on a real person. Okay. I, mean, I mean, A League of Their Own might be kind of like an amalgam of a bunch of different stories. I know it's obviously based on a true story, sure. but I, it, I'm not sure if the actual Rockford Peaches were the team. I, I don't know the history of it too much. I, this was, so this is during World War II, right, that this is all happening? Basically, yeah. And then as soon as it's over, they, so, all, they cancel it because they're like, okay, men are back. Yeah, well, and any just, any uh, anybody who was in the orbit at that time would have not been eligible for the draft a 4F, I believe they called it because mm-hmm. of an injury. So I'm guessing there were a lot of hobble legged drunks running around. So he probably <laughs> was based on several people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it, it's some of those things you talked about in the beginning, remind me of um, a famous Yankees manager, Billy Martin, who was a total drunk 
And basically, he was a good manager. All you had to do was just keep him out of a bar. But he would often, like, you know, slip away and run off by himself to go drink in any establishment he could find. And his career was finally over with the Yankees when um, he was in Minnesota drinking at a bar. And he got in a, a terrible, terrible fight with a marshmallow salesman at a hotel bar. And that was, <laughs> and that was the last straw. They were like, all right, no, you're just, we can't do this anymore. So yeah. Um, it made me think of that. Oh, but. and to confirm, obviously it is in world war two because there is a scene in the movie where one of the women gets a letter from the military while they're in the locker room that her husband has, has passed. Uh, That's one of the few moments in the movie where Jimmy Dugan becomes a human and actually like, cares for her. I think Betty Spaghetti loses her uh, her husband, and it's like he's actually there for him. And it's like a good turnaround. And I know we're talking about basically an all-women cast directed by Penny Marshall, <laughs> and we're celebrating it because of Tom Hanks. I realize the irony <laughs> and the badness in that, so we will give our props to, to Gina Davis, Laura Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell as well. I believe Ann Cusack's in it, too. All you got, fantastic. It's a great movie all around. Everyone did a good job, but Hanks... It's a Hanks movie as well. So, yep. All right. Well, uh, Mitch, let's see what your number five Hanks flick is. Yeah. So my number five, I chose this one because Hanks has a, has a number of different, it's like obvious sections of his career. Like it's like young, like weird kind of experimental, wild, woo kind of characters. And then he moves into like a little bit more staid. Like he goes into the, the, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia era you got Forrest Gump kind of is like that bridge between the two um and then also in the in the 90s he has like a it's like a rom-com he, he's he's doing some of those and this yeah. is his last rom-com and I know you're gonna say because I know you guys are all you know peak Hank uh, members you're gonna say what about Larry Crown 2011 and I'm, <laughs> and I'm gonna say that didn't work so we're forgetting Hanks himself would say i i that, that doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Larry, who? Uh, so You've Got Mail is my number five. It's his last great rom-com. And really, Good choice. We, we, we say he's America's dad, but like how many movies does he actually, you see him with a family? It's very, very little, very, very little. And so here also, I, I, I like this because he's also part bad guy a little bit, even though He's mm-hmm. the sweetest looking bad guy with very cute curly hair and you know, he's got good scarves and the and jackets in the movie and whatnot. But him and Meg Ryan had this very cute love story, but he's still about that about that cash cash, right? He's trying to trying to make Fox Books a world dominating literary right. His name is Joe Fo- Joe Fox. Yeah, Joe right? Fox. And so <laughs> Joe Fox. You know, I mean, the name obviously uh, not a not a mistake. He's a he's a sleazy little guy, you know, trying to. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sleazy little guy <laughs> trying, to, trying to, to to destroy all comers in the book world. And also, I love this because this is set in the time of New York that probably never existed, or if it did exist, it for maybe about a thousand to two thousand people the, in in the village. The time that never <laughs> existed, but always will. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's yes. that beautiful picture of New York you only see in the movies, and it makes a kid from the Midwest go, oh, that looks fun. I could live there, you know, not knowing <laughs> that it takes 8000 a month minimum in rent to live in that area. But um, I, I like this because it's a sappy premise. Um, there's some fun twists here and there, and, you know, you, you, you get a little Dave Chappelle here and there, but um, – Tom Hanks is a classic, uh, learns the error of his ways and chooses love in the end. Um, and it's 
it's uh it's just a great little film and i feel does this like count as a christmas movie do I remember that correctly? Uh, I think. Or does it just snow a couple of times? I think it just snows. I, I would not. I would not refer to it as a Christmas movie myself. Okay. Um, I would say also this is probably, this is probably like the last fuckable Hanks as well. Like this is the, <laughs> like this is the last movie where someone might be like, oh, I fuck that guy, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um. I think a lot of people who love gray beards would disagree. Well, <laughs> this is this is a remake, also. I I had no idea. I just assumed this Hanks is a, was the original bright shining star. No, well, this is a remake of a movie which, Mayor, yeah, it's it's called Shop Around the Corner. And oh, Otis point, yes. if either of you know who starred in that, Jimmy Stewart, Hank's spiritual ancestor, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yep, uh, it, um, Hank's is almost like a a bridge. Of spies, uh, from you know that, that goes from <laughs> Jimmy Stewart to him. Is that no? Okay, dang it. All right, that's my number five. It, um, I, w- I would have laughed, but I I'd lost my pen, oh, which okay. I was which I was only trying to find so diligently to, to award you your bonus point, which uh, you did receive. Um. Well, uh, you know what? It's it's always that that thing you do. Uh, in those moments, you know, when you're trying to find your pen, <laughs> that, uh, still, still, still haven't got it. Okay, all right, shoot. That's the card of mystery is still in play. Uh, it's still so in play. at the uh, at the end there, um, Mitch. I'm uh, so I've I've seen both of these movies. There's lists. There's movies on these lists I haven't seen. So, mm-hmm. but for the ones that I've seen, I I can only go with uh, a lot of my own personal feelings here. And uh, League of Their Own is an easy three points. Okay, so Brian, that's three. Mitch. Uh, you've got mail. Uh, I was gonna only go two points, but then I remembered the scene where, uh, they're typing out to each other and he quotes the Godfather and talks about how great the Godfather is. So you're getting mm-hmm. the Godfather bump. So yes. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you three points. <laughs> yes. For the, how much do you think AOL paid for product placement in that movie? Oh in peak 1998. It's like 85% of their marketing budget. It's <laughs> just a woo. Well, yeah. and it's, it's when, gone. When I when I got AOL Messenger a few weeks later, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to go back and and take notes here. How does he do this? How does he talk to girls through it? There's only one messenger. note you needed, and this is where Tom Hanks invented the best enter ever. It's where he sits there, he's looking at a computer, long arm stroke up, pointer finger down. Oh, I need to send this email. Uh, shit. <laughs> Boom. He does the big arm arc enter. And it might be the best email send again of cinema history. Uh, he's he, he he does a lot of bests. That's true. You know what? When when peak Hank is on screen, you you can't <laughs> do anything except you know Hank it out. So clean yourself yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go over back to Brian for his number four Tom sure. Hanks movie. So my number four uh, is where he plays a man named Chuck Noland. And after a serious accident, he loses a couple of things, and he may be um, the man with only one red shoe, but he's not. <laughs> he's just a guy stuck on an island in Castaway. So number four, Mr. Chuck Nolan here in Castaway. The most exciting plane crash, I think, in movie history. Most real feeling, I will say. And another reason this is they never cut outside the airplane. Playing, as soon as the second it's happened, you stay inside the airplane the entire time until you are in the water. So I think that is kind of one of the reasons why it feels like such a scary, scary scene. Mm. And doesn't, um, doesn't he 
doesn't he play Sullenberger, the guy who landed the plane in the yes, Chesley? Yes, yep. He's got a and he and this few, is still a better plane crash. He's got a few plane crashes under his belt. This guy. Yep. Oh yes, he does. Which is actually really awesome. Uh, the end of Sully is not terrible. Where he actually stands by his word and is proven right is fantastic. But. Mm. Mr. One Tank Clint, One Take Clint Eastwood over there, but this one, Bob Zemeckis. This one is awesome because you got a bodily commitment to where they're shooting for a year, basically, and then they stop shooting for a year and come back. Mm-hmm. And he's lost all this weight, and four years have passed in the movie. Then you get Jungle Tom Cruise, which we've never Tom Cruise. Tom wow. Cruise. Sorry. Ooh. I'm conflating my Toms. Wow. My apologies. Should we switch it right now to Top Five Tom Cruise movies? I'll do it. Let's go. <laughs> no, let's, let's I know let's we not. could on a dime with no research and continue the show with absolutely zero flaws. But we are gonna give Hanks his due in his honor. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so we get Jungle Hanks. <laughs> which we uh, which if you remember that transition from cave Hanks <laughs> to jungle Hanks <laughs> is where he knocks out his own tooth with a ice skate and a coconut, Oh God! which is one of the most, ah, as anybody who's ever dealt with tooth pain knows yeah. that has to be one of the worst things ever to knock out your own tooth and pass out in a cave next to a fire, which hope that that second part I have not experienced and hopefully I will not, but this movie makes us feel for a fucking volleyball. What other character in movie history could make us do that other than Tom Hanks? Do you think Jimmy Stewart can make us love a volleyball? He made us love Maybe. an invisible rabbit. That's yeah, true. There you go. <laughs> that, That's true. What was that movie called? Harvey or some, something yeah. like that? Harvey. Yeah. All right. You, <laughs> Sorry. No, I've never seen no, it. No one no one else can see you, Harvey. That's such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he does not say that. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? And how much how, how much do you think Wilson paid to have Wilson the volleyball in the movie? Do you think that was a big must have been a huge chunk of that marketing budget? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's one of, I mean, a great island escape you get later. Mm-hmm. Where he's building his own raft is really cool. And then I kind of love at the end the assimilation back to normal life. He can't sleep in a bed. He has to sleep on the floor of the hotel. He's just amazed at this buffet of food they put out for him. Kind of holds up a crab leg. And if you remember from earlier in the movie, he just didn't know how to make crab. <laughs> he sits there with a lighter and just kind of turns it on and off. Like, eh, takes everything for granted. But then he loses the love of his life, Helen Hunt. So sorry, Mr. Nolan. Uh, But then I love the ending of this movie where he comes to a four-way stop. He's lost. He's delivered the last package that he never opened that was stuck with him on the island from the FedEx crash. And he meets a woman, and he thinks it's the woman who is the package he was delivering. And he turns around towards camera and gives us that Tom Hanks grin. He's going. He's going for the lady. He's, he's going to turn around. He's going. He's going for the chick. Yeah, Hanks. Peak Hanks. Go for it, man. This whole movie is actually about chicks. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's all a man needs just to go out in the wilderness and work on himself. You know, and come back, and then he's ready yeah. for love, and he's ready to love himself as well. So, very true. All right. Let's uh, let's see what Mitch's number four is. Yeah, Go ahead, um, let's check it out. What is my number four? Huh. What's um? Oh, is it? Uh, 
it's coming fast, all right? I, it, it might not be as magical as the Polar Express, but I will give you it fast here. Um, no, okay. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, stop Stop wasting all this sorry. time. This, this podcast is going to become a money sorry. pit. All right? <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I get it. I apologize. Um, it's just, you know, uh, sometimes you're when we're in a war for – for the ears of the of the public, it feels you know Charlie Wilson's war. If you, will. I don't know, is that <laughs> huh? that's, a gr- that's a great punchline. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Okay, number four, Forrest Gump Punch, punchline, 1988. There you go. Number four, Forrest Gump. This one again is uh, I'm I'm choosing. I'd I like to choose movies where Hanks has to do a lot. He, he's heavy lifting in the films I'm choosing. Um, and Forrest Gump was you know looking back now is utterly believable premise i mean yes of course this one guy <laughs> did all this stuff what did he invest in apple computers and uh won the national championship for alabama when it went to war and won an incredible war medal like all this um oh ran across the country right or the world what was it i can't remember exactly uh got just the country. country yeah he was a domestic domestic yeah runner. domestic runner uh group Domestic runner Hanks, very specific. Um, uh, uh, country's best beard Hanks is also in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. A slightly grimy, sweaty, waving in a tank top Hanks is in this movie. Um, that's another great scene. But I remember watching Forrest Gump originally great. and just being utterly spellbound in the movie theater, watching it as a kid, um, and thinking, this movie is so long, but I don't want it to end. So like normally as a kid, you're like, this movie's so long, when will it end? I'm like I just want to keep going on this ride uh, with Forrest, and also as a kid, you don't realize how sad like the Jenny storyline is as well. Um, and you know that is so that is that is very true. Yeah. I did not pick up on any of that in the '90s, <laughs> and then yeah. 2010s turn around, and I rewatched that movie, and I went, "Oh, yeah, I missed a lot." Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think Zemeckis wrote this one. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, I can't don't know, uh, but I will find but, out. Or, or he at least directed it. And so there's that thing where, where, where it's like, it. oh, we have this story. Let's put every single type of storyline in it to just make it all like just in case. Like we got football fans out there. We got shrimping fans out there. We got war fans out there. Like let's just get them all into one one bucket. Um, and so I, I, I think he did um, also potentially maybe a slightly offensive caricature of a of a, a developmentally delayed, you know, adult uh, in retrospect. But again, yeah, at the it, time, it, it does not age well. I, this movie, I don't think. Yeah. It's the um, performance is questionable. And, and also, um, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I've always found that the, I, I, I disagree. I wanted this movie to end. I was exhausted. I felt like I had to read an entire history book basically by watching it. I was like, Oh, can we just can can we skip over one aspect of American culture for the last fifty years? Can we just leave one out? Like, do we have to have him meet everybody? Yeah. Um. At, see, and as a kid, I thought, "Wow, this is amazing! I'm learning all this stuff. <laughs> He's covered it all for me." Um. I think I did learn more about American history from Forrest Gump than I did from school. For yeah, sure. that is a problem. <laughs> well, this is America, so yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, and uh, you learn that like Jenny's behavior can be a real uh, lady killers. Because okay. she did die during the movie. Did you really think lady killers was going to be the one? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. I, I, I that's I, that's I, not I, my I, favorite I, Tom Hanks movie. That's I, my I, favorite J.K. Simmons movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> you are the great Buck Howard. I understand that. Okay. Um, sorry, uh, Brian, I, I cut you off there. Uh, I was going to explain. I think I had a, a professor at DePaul, must have been my sophomore year English professor, okay. who basically would always rant about Forrest Gump whenever he got the chance because <laughs> he hated it so much. And his main reason he boiled it down to, he's like, I don't like Forrest Gump because it celebrates mediocrity. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. There you go. You're a terrible. <laughs> Thanks. This is fantastic. How dare an average person succeed? <laughs> like, I was like, why, why are you with says, says an adjunct professor. <laughs> yeah. um. Yes. And he also told the story about how he grew up living next to Soundgarden. What? Like the band? Yes. Yes, he uh -huh. like he would call the cops on them for playing too. Oh, like, they're never gonna go. They're never what? gonna amount to anything. What a narc! And they totally, what a they narc! They totally did so, and now he's teaching English at DePaul. I bet. I, I bet when the cops showed up to to get Soundgarden, they they would go at the back and be yelling, "Catch me if you can!" <laughs> <laughs> nice. Catch me if you nice can speech. is a great. Oh, movie, dang it! Okay, but it's not on the card of mystery. <laughs> All right, uh, for this round, uh, Brian. The thing about Castaway is I've never seen it. I've oh, always what? thought I've always thought I don't want to watch Tom Hanks on an island by himself. And I'm sorry, but you didn't convince me to watch it, so you only get one point. <laughs> so, and then I don't care if you miss out on one of the greatest movies in history. That's fine. <laughs> and Mitch, uh, for the reasons I, I described earlier, I'm only going to give you two points for Forrest Gump. But Brian, we're going to go back to you for your number three. All right, my number three, I think, is going to be controversial. Oh, now this is not going to make the news of the world. This won't make the post. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to save Mr. Banks, but what it will do is explain my love of the terminal. Uh, this mm. is a very controversial pick. I know a lot of people do not like this movie. It is very rom-com heavy. It is a very simple premise. But it is shot beautifully, it is acted beautifully, and it is a very cute, heartwarming story. Uh, Victor Navorsky is a, a man trying to come to New York to fulfill a dream for his deceased father. We don't know what that dream is until we get to the end. But in his time in the air to landing in New York, his country has completely fallen to war and is no longer recognized by the United States. So while he lands in New York City, he cannot get out because his passport is not valid anymore. So he is stuck in this like hell where he cannot get out of the terminal. He can't get a new passport, can't get a green card, can't do anything. So he is stuck. And Banks this keeps is flying can... to places and getting stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. It's almost about as much money as we spent saving Matt Damon <laughs> over the years. <laughs> um, so he is stuck in this airport and he knows absolutely zero English at the beginning of the film. So you're watching this man who's like trying to survive by teaching himself English. He has no money. He figures out how to do all this. He's eating people's scraps in the food court. He's doing all this stuff and he just kind of figures it out. And then he buys, I think uh, a history of New York or like the, uh, a, like, like a literary version of friends. Oh, and he's able to find it in his language and in English. And he sits there line by line and he teaches himself every night, blah, blah, blah. And then every day he goes to the same paperwork and he tries to get through and he cannot do it. He cannot do it. 
and the evil Stanley Tucci is uh. the one who is keeping him there, who is just a $35,000 a year federal agent <laughs> who wants to keep him in the terminal because, damn it, I love my country and this is my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he does all these other cute things. He makes friends with everybody who was in there. He makes friends with TSA agents and baggage folks and people who work behind the counter. And then somehow he stumbles into becoming a contractor and working under the table for people who are fixing certain areas. He like knows how to do tile and plum work and all this other stuff. So he actually makes a living under the table doing this. He can actually afford food and new clothes. Where does the dude take a shower? Is that ever established? This is what I've always wondered. It is established. It's a a sink bath at first, right? And then definitely a sink bath to start. But I think he finds something uh, uh, eventually. But uh, then there's a kind of this long runner too, where he kind of has this like on and off platonic, basically relationship with Catherine Zeta Jones, who is kind of a relationship messed up flight attendant. Mm. She's always constantly hooking up with different people and blah, blah, blah. And doesn't know where to go and picking, picking married men and picking the wrong guy and letting them walk all over her. But then she meets Victor who just, takes her out to dinner and they have a nice night. It's not going to work out, but Hey, they're, they're, they're friends. And then long story short, spoiler for the people who haven't seen this movie, he gets everything approved. He walks out to New York and the only thing he needed to do is he's been carrying this coffee can this whole time has his father's, not his remains, but signatures of famous jazz musicians. His dad loved American jazz. And there was one signature on this giant thing. He never got, so he was going to New York to get the final signature of a saxophone player, I believe, to put it on so he could put all the autographs in the can and either bury it or bring it back to his dead father. Like that was the whole point of the movie is he was fulfilling a child's uh, promise, a child's dream promise for his dad. Wow. Yeah. Now, like it's, 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 it's very like you already can see it's kind of soap opera, but it's just very well executed. Steven Spielberg directed. Janusz Kaminski shot. It's just a very beautiful movie. It it seems like he he's done a number of like guy alone movies too, right? There's Castaway. He did this one. Finch just came out. Yep, he does a lot of that kind of stuff, and I like it. I'm I like Peak Hanks is alone. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but 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 I also love when Hot Hanks gets to be with girls. Like that's, that's totally fine. That's a good point. I think, I think McDonald's needs to release like a career retrospective, happy meal toys of just all the different types of Hanks, you know, and, and put them in. The- Which is funny. The, the fast food sponsor of, of the terminal was definitely a burger. Oh. Anytime he got money, he would go and buy Whopper juniors. <laughs> and then finally, when, when the scene comes where he's able to buy like a full double Whopper, it's like a big scene where you can finally just, <laughs> just get a full fucking sandwich. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to America. Yeah, the land of yeah, consumerism exactly. and excess. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's great. <clears throat> it's a great movie. He's stuck in that airport in New York. It's not like he can go out to fly to Philadelphia yeah. or be sleepless in Seattle. He is stuck <laughs> in JFK Airport. I, I was say, thank God it's JFK, and not Laguardia, because Laguardia halfway through the movie he'd be like frozen dead in a hallway with at, rats eating him, probably. You know. <laughs> That, but there also be ton of construction opportunities for him to work. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to LaGuardia. It's been twenty five years. We're still not started. Hey. <laughs> All right, uh, oh, Mitch. Man. Mitch, what's your counter? What's your number three? My number three is 
a more recent Hanks movie. And I think this is the exact perfect role for Hanks because like right now he's in his like, I'm a captain or I'm a national figure or I'm, or or I have a beard and I'm alone somewhere that that's what Hanks is doing right now. (laughs) And this, he, he portrayed Mr. Rogers in um, a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And I think, as we mentioned, he is like America's father, but we don't need to see him on screen with a family. Like if you like, he's very rarely done movies with like a whole family, you know, like, like mm-hmm. you might think like he would have been great in like father of the bride, you know, like I, I think he, I was about to say Steve Martin. He doesn't like the Steve Martin vibe, but you don't see yeah, the family. Yeah. Um, well, that's because we don't, we don't want to see the family because they get in the way of us projecting ourselves as the family. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I loved Mr. Rogers growing up as a kid. Um, I loved that he did all the voices. I loved Daniel Tiger. Whenever Daniel Tiger came on screen, I just felt warm and safe and, like, I, you know, nothing could hurt me. Um, I also learned a lot from Mr. Rogers. I think I was deeply inspired by his cardigans as well and oh, also, sure. his, also his love for putting on a slipper when you come inside. I love putting on slippers. I'm not going to discount the Mr. Rogers effect there either. And he just – Nails Mr. Rogers, the softness, the those that that like that deep probing eye contact, the care, the um like he's never moving too fast, but he gets everywhere at exactly the right moment kind of like energy throughout the film. And Matthew Reese, who plays opposite him, you know, is like a, a guy kind of searching to help heal himself as well. And Mr. Rogers does that for him. And I just this was like everyone was waiting for this, and before this movie came out too, I think there was one or two Mister Rogers documentaries that came out that were like okay, but not great. And then we got this, what we'd all been waiting for for so many years. I'm sure there are producers licking their chops since 1998. Like I cannot wait to make Hanks Mister Rogers, and then finally the day came, and um, he just freaking he freaking nailed it. And it's and the premise is like this: writer comes to write a story. And there's like some marital strife, I think, with him. And then like not much happens, but it's just I remember sitting down watching it and not being able to take my eyes off the screen for the entire film. Never looked at my phone once, locked in the whole time. Um, just getting that. That's a sign. That's a sign. Exactly. Getting that warm familial hug from Mr. Rogers, a.k.a. Hanks, a.k.a. Cardigan Hanks, a.k.a. my number one Hanks. So, um Daddy Hanks. Daddy Hanks, yeah. So that's my number three, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, so, Nathan, I hope you like it. Uh, I know it's, you know, maybe not as complex as a breakdown as maybe what, you know, Brian will do. Like, I'm not here to write, like, a Da Vinci Code, you know, about trying to, like, <laughs> break down a movie. Or um, or maybe, I don't know, like, something like an, I'll just, The Simpsons movie. He was in the Simpsons movie. Is that the... No, oh, man, okay. I should I should have picked that one, but I didn't. Um, okay, yeah. For that was the one I was banking on too. So I'm glad Mitch said it. For for this this uh, Hanks as Rogers, that's that's just too much uh, too much American dad goodness. Uh, so this has got to be three points. Uh, Brian, uh, I haven't seen the Terminal. This one, I think I will see. So I'll give you I'll give you two points for this one. And then Brian will nice. go back to you for your number two. So my number two is is one of my favorites. This is where you get to see a group of guys, call them a band of brothers, if you will, 
I mean, and they got to go really far, not like a green mile, but more <laughs> like they got to follow this road, not to perdition, but to space. Did you say, did you say about not to perdition? Road to perdition! Road, road to perdition! <laughs> They're not taking the road to perdition. They are taking the road to space. And this road... Oh, there we go! <laughs> They're taking the road to space in Apollo 13. So, my number two, of course, where he plays the lovely Jim Lovell. Um... This Here you do see you do is, see him with his family, but he literally travels farther away from them than anybody <laughs> else in history ever has traveled away from their that family. That is true. And he again, he is kind of he is sh- short with them. He is not very <clears throat> I mean the the portrayal of most American astronauts are not the best uh family guys. I mean they are really trying to But what I I want to be the fastest and the best and I'm gonna go in these most dangerous experimental aircraft possible and send me as what, what I what I do like about Hanks the family man in this movie is when he flies over their house and he tips the wing to his wife to say goodbye, you know? Yes. That, I like that. What I don't like is that he's not sympathetic to his daughter when she's upset because the Beatles broke up. It's the Beatles breaking up. Of course she should be upset. We should all have been upset. At Yoko, but anyway. <laughs> she didn't do anything. Did you watch the documentary? She just sat there. <laughs> Anyways. And that's enough to drive anyone nuts. <laughs> uh, so this movie is great. It's really funny because I used to get in an argument with my dad about these kinds of movies. He always would say, what's the point of watching these movies if you know how it's going to end? And I'm like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, (laughs) father. (laughs) And I don't know how many times I watch. I bought this movie on iTunes so I could sit there and I can watch the rocket launch. And then I can watch the end. That's all I need to watch every (laughs) single time. I, I watch so fucking cool this rocket launch that. 10 seconds lasts about a minute and a half of screen time <laughs> where they're counting down and the thing finally launches and then the camera has to show every single buckle unlatch from the rocket. <laughs> Should have been flying for well over 30 seconds by now. <laughs> but no, we got to see all this 1995 CGI ice shake off this fucker <laughs> and it finally boom takes off. And it's one of the coolest launches and I love it. Anyway, <laughs> and then you get to this tension moment where you know that as the capsule comes back down while they're coming through the atmosphere, you lose radio contact. Usually it's three minutes. They say nobody's ever come back after three minutes. And then there's this this huge tension buildup as if you don't know if they're going to make it and you know, they survive, but in the movie, you're just on the edge of your seat. I want to see a parachute. Where's the parachute? Good shoot. Good shoot. Blah, blah, blah. Then Tom Hanks it's like says we're home, and it's like, oh, my God, Hanks yeah. is going to land in the ocean. Yay! <laughs> how about, Ed, but, how about uh, Ed Harris is the guy in Mission Control, too? He's Ed Harris in Mission Control. Um, He's playing the alter face? ego of the guy he plays in the Truman Show. He's- yes! <laughs> 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 um, why can't I think of Lieutenant Dan's real name? Gary Sinise. Uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise uh, plays the guy who he assumed might get meningitis, but did not get meningitis. But because he stayed back and knew the shit better than anyone, was able to help put together the plan that yeah. brought them home. So it was like 
fate uh, like fate happened there, which is amazing. also the the Kevin Bacon uh, gag at the, at the top where he's at a party and he takes the beer bottle and the beer glass and he's describing how the two ships link up. And it's yes. just, it's basically like a, a sixth grader doing the finger through the whole like <laughs> joke. I'm yes. like, man, it, it took me, it took me a, a few years, a few viewings of this before I was old enough to understand uh, just how dirty that joke was. And to then, <laughs> and then, then of course the next joke, the obvious joke is that you're like, Oh, astronauts get a lot of tang because that's <laughs> the drink that they were served. Everybody. Mm. <laughs> okay. I hate myself. Let's I have mentioned on. this on the show before, but it has one of my best Tom Hanks line deliveries of all time. This is where they're up. Uh, Bill Paxton has come down with an illness. Actually, he's very sick. He's very cold because they've had to turn off the heaters. So he's just basically floating around, shivering. And then Jim comes up to him, gives him a hug, sits rubbing his back. It's going to be okay, Fredo. It's going to be okay. We're going to land in the Pacific. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's 80 degrees out there. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's just the, that, that sing-songy of 80 degrees out 80 degrees there. I repeat out there. nonstop. I say it to myself when I walk outside when it's warm. I'm like, it's 80 degrees. <laughs> I say it all the time. Just to myself. I won't say it to anybody else because nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, well, I'm glad we can but now share side, this like, with you. Uh, this this yes. summer, and God, let's hope it's coming, we're going <laughs> to be saying a lot of 80 degrees lines. When we line now, they open up that hatch, it's 80 degrees. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Brian, who hates warm weather. <laughs> I know, but such a great line. Such a Nathan, great line. I, I mean, you get Houston, we got a problem. No, true. Yeah. I mean, you got a bunch of great shit that's from a, that. That's a classic. Um, I was going to ask Nathan about before I, I go, your Road to Perdition selection. Why Why is that your favorite Hanks movie? Uh, Because Paul Newman's in it. I mean, seeing him play. Uh, He's know, a he, bad boy in that movie, a, right? He plays, a, he plays a bad man. It's it's very sparse. You know, it's based on a graphic novel. Yeah. So it's the cinematography is beautiful. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's just very tense, meditative. Quite quite a beautiful movie. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Paul Paul Newman. Paul Newman's yeah. last on screen appearance. Ah. Oh. So. Legend. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my justification for my my pick. Got Mitch, it. What is your justification for your number two? My number two is a is a forgotten classic, but this is the most Hanks has ever done in a movie. This is peak powerlifter Hanks. He does everything. <laughs> he is lifting any weight people throw at him. He's squatting it. He's cleaning it. He's thrusting it. This is his first starring role in a in a movie that released in theaters. He was in a made for TV movie. I'm not counting that. 1984's Bachelor Party. There is zilch <laughs> for talent in this movie, except for old Hanky Boy. Uh, his, his nemesis is a guy who wants to marry his fiance. At one point, his nemesis is in the hotel across the street with a literal crossbow in full camo trying to shoot him dead through the window. Um, Hanks is having fun. He's like, it's that energy that you miss about the 80s, like him and Michael Keaton had, where it's like, we got tight acid wash yeah. jeans on, we got our tees on, rolled up, and we're just... We're, we're moving around the scene. We're making quick quips. Um, we're keeping everybody's energy up. In this movie, he drives a school bus, which, like, is just the right amount of weird 80s energy. Like, it's not creepy. It's just fun. Like, oh, a, a bus big enough for all his buddies. 
they they go to the bachelor party. He's he's not sure if he if he wants to get married. He's in this uh, this 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 crisis of confidence, if you will. His his fiance comes from a wealthy family. He's not a wealthy guy. He likes to have fun. He likes to cut loose. His father in law doesn't necessarily approve of him. And guess what? This bachelor party ain't gonna help. There's a donkey there. There's a belly dancer slash maybe a <laughs> prostitute. Everybody's doing drugs. The donkey does drugs. The donkey goes belly up and dies. Legs rigor what? mortis. Yeah. The don- they, they somehow shot it. A do- you watch the donkey do like eight lines of speed and cocaine and shit. It's legitimately <laughs> hilarious. And then also a, 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 a confusing but sexy scene where he's going into potentially sleep with a woman from his past, like knew him in high school. Very, you know, voluptuous, whatever, beauty. And then her head turns to a like a like a, a Catholic nun's head and then morphs into his fiance's head and then back into her head. So he has this he's having this crisis, this inner crisis. So um, there's a bunch of really fun gags in it, though. Uh, you know, just guys trying to have some fun and Hanks wanting to have fun, but then also keeping everything above board as well, too. Um, and uh, and guys, they got to figure out how to get that dead donkey out of the hotel room and boy do they come up with a scheme so um another... <laughs> uh, it, no spoilers, no spoilers here, here. It's, it's, it's very fun it involves draping clothes um so i highly recommend it it has it has a, a favorable 65 score on metacritic as well um so it's not so it's not, so bad. It's not a not terrible bad. 80s movie just just good enough to watch exactly and again there's no, really no other talent in the movie so you just get to indulge in peak power lifter Hanks doing his thing, shaking his booty, make having fun. So that's my number two. It will beat Brian's number one. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. A better <laughs> '80s movie than Brian's number one. What he's trying to say is it's not as strong as his number one. That's, <laughs> that's all. That's all. Well, I, uh, I, Apollo 13 slam dunk three points. Obviously, Woo! that is, whoa, 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 that is whoa, my whoa. favorite. A slam dunk is only two points. So. Well, this is this is a slam dunk three points. Wow! Okay, they had the rockets so they could jump from behind. <laughs> okay, God. see, I am smart, not. Smart. I am not making good jokes today. Uh, <laughs> three points, anyways. And Mitch, uh, I have not. I didn't even know this movie existed until you mentioned it. We and have to just, watch it together. You guys will love it. I'm just. I'm that just sounds great. Do, that sounds great. I do two points for for making me want to know how they get this donkey out of the hotel room. Okay, I have to know. <laughs> I, I can't not know. <laughs> Brian, what is your number one greatest Tom Hanks movie? So my number one can be summed up like this. It's like the space goes down, down, baby, down by the roller coaster. Sweet, sweet, baby, sweet, sweet, let me go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop, shimmy, shimmy, ra. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop, shimmy, shimmy, ra. I met a girlfriend, a trisket. She said a trisket, a biscuit, ice cream, soda pop, vanilla on the top. Ooh, Shalita, walking down the street 10 times a week. I mean it. I said it. I stole my mama's credit. I'm cool. I'm hot. Suck you in the stomach one, three more times. That's a course. Big, my wow. friends. I am wow. talking about wow. Big, one of the greatest Tom Hanks movies, and my second Penny Marshall movie of the list, which is fantastic. Um, so Big is one of those movies we are talking about. You can put on if you come across it on TV. You're never changing it. It's it, you're watching it to the end. It's it's Hank sucking you in. You got to do it. What a bananas premise! Such an eighties premise <laughs> of. 
kid who wants to be big, puts a coin into a machine. Oh my God, he wakes up big. Fantastic. And now he is an adult, or sorry, a kid living in an adult body. And how do you go about that? And there again, just like some back to the future types up, some questionable things that happen with this child going <laughs> through uh, life as an adult. But he does all of the things that you would totally want. Masturbate. To uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he might eventually. That might actually follow. I mean, have you ever seen the night where they finally get him a, a, a motel room like in New York City and he can't sleep because he's a fucking terrified 13 year old yeah. and just hears gunshots and people banging and things <laughs> happening outside. He just like curls up and it's like, oh, my God, this is so sad. But then he stumbles into a job at a toy, a toy manufacturer and somehow they put him in accounting or data entry or something. And then, of course, Robert Loja finds him playing with some toys and all of a sudden he's promoted to vice president <laughs> of toy whatever. <laughs> But you get the great scene of them playing chopsticks and oh, you actually enjoy the product shorts. we sell. We're moving you upstairs, yeah. kid. <laughs> you know how to play these just like a child. So I'm going to bring you up, and this is my best, Robert Loja. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just everything past that point is great. And then he has the very strange relationship. Uh, what's what's her name? I can't remember. Uh, her name. Leah Thompson. No, 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 no. no. We're going to cut this because I'm going to find it and remember. Elizabeth Perkins. Oh, yes. Yes, Elizabeth Perkins is the one working the with with John, with John Hurd of uh, Home Alone <laughs> fame there. And actually, pre-Home Alone. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, but he is the executive who's like, oh, my God, who's this guy who just kind of comes in, takes my action? I'm the executive that knows how to sell, sell, sell toys. <laughs> Not, I don't play with these things. Come on. And she's like, well, you don't have that child spirit anymore. And then there's this weird sexual tension between Elizabeth Perkins and Tom Hanks. Because it's like, he's 13. And when he takes her on a date and he brings her to his place, you see that all this money he got. He has an entire floor of a building in New York City. He bought an entire floor just completely open like a loft. And one of the things he owns is a giant trampoline inside <laughs> his house in New York. And on their first date, they are jumping on a trampoline and just enjoying the hell out of themselves. And then they go to sleep and bunk. <laughs> <laughs> what a great scene. So, uh, yeah, this thing is all about uh, remembering your inner kid and don't grow up too fast, kids. That's uh, it's a great, great wow. game. Uh, it, it is a classic. Mitch, you have your work cut out for you. What is your number one? My number one is an important film, perhaps the most important film of the 20th century. That is a day we never forget. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it's tough. I know. I know. But you got to lean in. You got to stay in. Once you start it, you can't stop it. Okay? It's like a can of Pringles. You know? You got to go until it's finished. Tom Hanks is the one man I would follow into the most grisly firefight, the, the darkest night, the sloppiest, wettest, saddest uh, bogs and marshes of Europe. It's the only, only person I would follow. And in Saving Private Ryan, he leads a, a group of completely scared, shitless uh, young men to find one, one fucking square-jawed 
piece of shit from Iowa, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that part of it. Her job piece of shit from Iowa. <laughs> that part of it, you're like, what? Who? Who? It's just one guy. He's the last. He's the last living I know, son. I know. That's very sweet to like. That's all that mattered in the I know. 40s. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. But uh, the you know the 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 scene in the church. Uh, t- talking about uh, uh, Del Vecchio, he like peeing on his on his coat. That's a great scene. You can just see the weariness in his in his face in the performance. But they're like they're they're trying to find small moments of comfort uh, throughout their journey. And uh, as we know too, um, like behind the scenes on the film, they before they started filming, Tom Hanks had all the actors like do. I think it was like basic training together, and so like he was there. Their um, not their company, but they're like a squad commander or whatever for months before they started filming. You can see that uh, the leadership he he has on screen. This is also important to me because this is the first. I was a I was a serious kid. This is the first DVD I ever bought was Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> as a as an eleven year old, I was like, I need this. I'm sure my mom was like, What the fuck? Okay, um, yeah. Oh, I gave birth to a sixty five year old World <laughs> two enthusiast. Yeah. Um. The, uh, the 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 initial early on scene when they're trying to 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 kill the um the sniper in the bell tower and uh Vin Diesel gets pinned down by the car and he's bleeding out and, and the rain is bringing his blood like back towards the squad fucking heart wrenching um this scene when he has the panic attack and his hand just like tightens up another incredible scene mm-hmm. um and I just again I love that they reveal. I can't remember what, what part of the, the film, but when you really, he's just a, he's a teacher and he like, I can't remember his math or geography or something, but it's just in this time, it was always like, we, we call on regular people to elevate themselves to unthinkable heights. And although Tom Hanks clearly has abundance of talent, he has been able to portray that on the screen. Like I'm just a regular guy who ends up doing these incredible things over and over and over and over again um, throughout his cinematic uh, career. So uh, this movie obviously was a huge lift. I'm sure it took God knows how long, a year to shoot or something. Um, but uh, even though it's got some really, really, really intense scenes, obviously the first scene on Normandy, and then also the scene, which my least favorite to watch is when um, the, I can't remember his name now, but uh, the one Jewish soldier in his, in his command gets the knife in his chest, like slowly That's from brutal. a Nazi. It's awful. That's Ugh. awful to watch. Ugh. Um, just, uh, just, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a great movie. And, uh, I, I, you know, it, it kicked off, um, Hanks's, uh, WW2 Hanks, I'll call it. Cause he went on to, to create and, and, uh, educate, um, around world war two. So, um, I don't know if, if he got, that's it. when he really entered like dad phase. Cause he, yeah, that's such a, that's such an American dad thing to do is that, you get you reach a certain age and it's World War Two time. Yep, for yep. whatever reason. And the the meme that's been going around the internet is you guys are both of the age. It's supposed to be thirty five is when you choose to either really get into smoked meats or World War Two. <laughs> and you, you haven't chose either. Neither of you have chose either. So I'm very proud of you. Both know, of you. as we were talking about fifteen minutes ago, I, I started thinking I need to watch more of the Ken Burns documentaries. I think I should watch the World War Two one. I was thinking that <laughs> literally ten minutes ago. So crap. I I have to admit I am. Uh, I am in racing to finish the thin red line before it leaves Amazon Prime tomorrow. So <laughs> I think it's happening. Uh, so why did you stop to do this show? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I know this is all about Hanks, but this is this movie is also the start of what I mentioned, how much money movies have spent to save Matt Damon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is kind of the start of that. And I found the Time article, and the total is $900 billion have been spent in movies to save. <laughs> so Courage Under Fire, he saved from a helicopter rescue, 300K. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan, about 100K. Yeah, you mean him. million, right? Titan AE. Uh-huh. Not 100K, 100 million. No. No, hundred thousand approximately oh. to save oh, him in World oh, War II. Oh, oh, we're talking real dollars. We're not talking how much. M- I see. Okay. No, the real dollars that they would have to have spent in the movie it, to save it. this. Okay, kid. okay. Uh, then we really jump up and tighten AE because there's an Earth evacuation that costs about two hundred billion. Yep. And then now we're talking <laughs> Syriana, Green Zone, Elysium, Interstellar. We have to save them from another planet. Five hundred billion dollars. <laughs> Then we follow that up with the Martian saving one man from this planet, two hundred billion dollars. So a total nine hundred bill, so a trillion Jesus. dollars to save Matt. Just James. to get that, but is, it, but that is he square okay? John fuck from Iowa back safe. <laughs> <laughs> but who do we trust with a trillion dollars to save? Daddy Hanks. Daddy Hanks. Pecans. Pecans. Yep. I I I I think. Let me just do quick research. Yes, zero money has been spent to save Ben Affleck. So that's that's good. To, that's good to know. <laughs> oh no! Poor poor Ben. Poor guy. Oh man, with the career he's had, he still garners uh, sympathy. That's yeah. What a what a trick that is. I know, right? Um, all right, I I I have to uh, score out this last round, and it's the easiest job because these are two classics for mm-hmm. very different reasons. So it's mm-hmm. it's three points all around, which brings the final scores to you know I think it's what Tom Hanks would have wanted a tie. No, he loves all of his children equally. <laughs> he loves Should all of his children right? equally. Fourteen to fourteen. <laughs> And that leaves wow. me with the closing task of reading off the top five walls of all time. Number five, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. This album is an overblown conceptual vanity project that hides a few classic tunes in a quagmire of pretentious gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> Brian disagrees. Number four, Wallpaper. Ooh. No, not your grandma's floral print or anything else you'll one day have to painstakingly scrape away. I'm talking my rotating desk wallpaper on my computer of 100 images that keep me going on a rough work day. Currently, it is iconic songstress Amy Winehouse. There you go. Yeah. Number three is Waldo. (gasps) That's right. The beloved dude in a red hat with a camera (laughs) everywhere and nowhere. We're all looking for him. And number two, it's Waldo, because Mitch found his own Waldo, his yeah! beloved pup. Woo! <laughs> and number He's one greatest wall. <laughs> the number one greatest wall of all time is the wall in the alley behind the Globe Pub at 2 a.m. when the men's room was out of order. <laughs> Thanks for being there for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Joining us has been the main entity, Brian Ernst. <laughs> And our sleazy little guy. <laughs> and I've been Nathan Hennenfent. As Bisbear always says, there's no crying in baseball. I'll be to Zane and adios. 
You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.